podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Hello, Dolphin fans. Yes, that's right. We're back with yet another season of previews and reviews of your Miami Dolphins. Each week, we will discuss the upcoming game, analyzing the opponent, and then follow every game with a review show with all the highs and lows of the game. This season looks to be one of the most exciting seasons we have had in a good while, and we are really, truly excited to be there every step of the way. So please look for us and follow us wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Please feel free to leave comments after each show, as we truly appreciate any feedback. Now let's kick off this week's show. And it's another Fen Fans podcast. Today with me, I've got the Ragonis. What's right. going on, Dolphins? Hello, hello, hello. It's another exciting week, right? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, it's an exciting week. Nine and a half point favorites. Yeah. That's the, we are the biggest favorites going into the weekend, and that's happened on quite a few occasions this season. So uh, Vegas likes our Miami Dolphins quite a bit. Better than the uh, team from wherever the hell it is that calls themselves whatever the hell they call themselves. But uh, well, we know where they're from, Mike. We just don't know what they call themselves. Well, we know what they call themselves, but I call them the Redskins. Whoa, 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 whoa. You're going to so, have problems with that, Mike. You think the Indians will curse me? I don't know. But okay. the, the commanders, you know, strange ball club to say the least, right? I mean, they're all over the map this team can't figure them out they really are they really are they're a little bit of a mystery uh but uh, we know this we're a better football team absolutely yes that's that's a certainty we are a better football team than they are um they traded away two of their better defensive players and sweat and young at the trade deadline which means that they kind of um you know what message does that send you you well, know I- as sends a player on a football team. Sends the message that the team thinks they're out of it. Mm-hmm. And that we're building for next year. Right. And, I mean, I know these guys have to go out and they have to play football because they, you know, they want a job next year as well. But exactly, it does affect you to some extent. It's got to. It has to. You know, saying, all right, well, guys, you know what? You know, the season's halfway over and um you know we're just playing for next year now it's just like you said you want to put something positive on film so you know you can't let the exterior noise bother you you've got to play your game and uh play it well Mm -hmm. exactly and um you know we're in that position you know with the loss of phillips um you know the defense you know it's definitely going to affect them and you know guys are going to have to step up you know, they lost a brother in arms. Well, let's talk about Ardnox then. Uh, obviously, sure. they, they focused a little bit on it. Why don't you talk about it? It was sad because in the first episode, it seemed like they were focusing more on the offense. And then on the episode last night, it was more on the defense. And Phillips was one of the focal points of, you know, everything they recorded last week. And it was just really unfortunate because right before the game on Friday – McDaniel told Phillips that this was going to be like his coming out party. This was, you know, this was an opportunity to show the league that he is one of the best. And 
the world. It just I yeah, think you it said just, the world. Everybody just really really watching. He did that. He had a great game. No, he for did. sure. And he's playing. He was playing the best football I've, we've seen him play in our uniform. So it was. It was. I mean, I loved the episode, but I just couldn't help. It's like when you know the ending to a movie, when yeah. you and you're seeing it for the first time. Because it was just the build up, and then when, once it happened, it was it's just it sucks, man. You know, I mean, he's not only one of the best physical players; he's really a leader of this team. The way he works out, the way he carries himself, and you know, he's definitely going to be missed. I mean, on the bright side, you know, we have Van Ginkle, we have Agba, we just signed Jason Pierre-Paul, which will be a nice depth depth piece. I mean, he's not rotation he, guy. Yeah, yeah, he's not what he was when he was on giant on the giants winning super bowls. But I mean, he's another veteran leader who has two super bowl rings. So, I mean, it's that, that's a great pickup, but it really just, it was, it was heartbreaking to see that. I mean, it was cool though, to see, you know, Marino or um, Phillips's mom was, you know, on Marino's shoulder and he was comforting her and, we were talking about it earlier. Aaron Rodgers came up to him while everybody, while he was on the cart still and kind of yeah. said, you know, I know what you're going through and said that they exchanged numbers and stuff after the game. So that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it really, it's, it's really cool to see the human aspect of it. And I mean, overall, I mean, it was a good episode. It was a great win, but I just couldn't shake. I watched the game. I was in Disneyland on Friday and the whole rest of the day, I mean, I was happy that we won, but just... so we won. You went to Disneyland, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but um, it was he um, you know, the fact that he was afterwards, Mike. You know, he came into the locker room the next day, and um, you know, he was really affected by the fact that the whole team surrounded him when they put him on the cart. Um, he said he was touched by that, you know, it meant a lot that literally everybody was just, you know, was heartbroken and Chubb and him, you know, through the whole episode, didn't realize, you know, how tight those two are. I mean, they're like brothers on the field. I mean, they hang out with each other quite a bit, you know, during the episode, there was also a piece where, um, Chubb had all of the linebackers, uh, with him at his house, you know, after, that's cool. And, and they were talking about, you know, his loss and how big it is. And Agba talked. And, you know, we think of Agba, it's so funny because when you watch him on the field, you think of him as this old man, right? Yep, yep, yep. And he's like, when you see him, you know, on film out of uniform, you're like, this guy's a young guy still, you know? I mean, yeah, he's old in regard to football-wise, but he, he still can get the job done, and so can Van Ginkle. And Van Ginkle seems like a, just a great person as well. Um, so, you know, you, like Chris said, you know, you see the, um, the human element of these guys. And but I think that's a, great, right? Because that's, oh, that's what you don't see. No. Absolutely. You want, you want that. You want to see what these guys are made of. And, you know, as, as much of a loss as Phillips is going to be, you know, the positive thing is, is we've got some guys that are players, you know, and, and they make plays and they have made plays during their career. So, you know, they're not going to be able to really replace them, but they'll, they'll be sufficient enough to where I think it's not going to affect us to the extreme. You know, I think they'll, they'll, they'll do a good enough job. I think that it's up to Fangio to, um, 
you know, incorporate these guys at the right time, including Pierre Paul, who we just picked up, and having them in on the field and using their strengths to the utmost. And I think that the combination, you know, will will do a sufficient enough job to help us the rest of the way. Interesting that they pick up a veteran like Paul. Well, why not, right? What do you expect out of him? I think he's just going to be a rotational piece. I don't think he's going to play too often. I think we see more of Agba, Agba and Van Ginkle on the edge. Um, right. And then Pierre Paul coming in, you know, every once in a while. But, I mean, I don't see – I mean, I could be wrong. Pierre Paul could come in and make a really big impact on the field, but I think he's going to make a pretty big impact off the field as a leader too. So, like I said, I mean, I love the signing. I mean, there's not really – if you look around, there's not really much out there at this point in the season as far as edge rushers. I yeah. mean, one thing I would have liked to see us look at was Shaq Leonard. Um, I don't know if we were able to give him a big enough contract to where exactly. he'd want to come. But, I mean, if a team like the Cowboys and the Eagles, who are also pretty strapped for cash, can do it, I don't see why we couldn't have done it. That would have been a great piece to add to where then you move Van Ginkle back to that edge full time and then have Ogba coming off the bench and then Pierre Paul as the third. But I mean, you know, it is what it is. I think how good we're playing collectively on the defense. I mean, obviously, you know, it's going to make a difference, but like Lou was just saying, I mean, we have guys that can, you know, step in and make plays as well. So. Yeah. You may see a little bit more blitzing, than we have, not to any great extent, but I think that, you know, with with him being subtracted from the equation and his pursuit, you know, I think that you may see a a few more blitzes than than what we have been doing. And and you know what, guys, the great thing is this, is that, you know, our schedule right ahead of us, you know, these next two games are very winnable football games for us. And they can kind of get these guys incorporated as to what they're going to be doing and used to what they're going to be doing over these next couple of games. And then, you know, of course, we hit that that tough stretch at the end. But by then, you know, Agba will probably be in, in much better shape at that point, right? Because he hasn't been getting a lot of playing time. Uh, you know, he's been getting a minimal amount of, of plays on the field. So he's got to kind of get in football game shape. And that's a big difference compared to practicing and, you know, uh, just getting in shape per se. When you play a football game and if he's going to be on the field, you know, like three times the amount of plays that he's been, it'll make a difference. So the next couple of weeks, you know, to get these guys incorporated against the teams that we're playing is a positive as well. You know, going down the stretch, they should have their rotation. They should have guys in. Uh, Pierre Paul should be, you know, in the rotation at that point. I mean, you probably won't see him much this week. I don't know. But, you know, two, three weeks from now when the games are really going to matter, I think, you know, these guys will all be where they need to be. Yep. Yeah, Nagba played pretty good last week when he came in. I mean, he had one and a half sacks and a forced fumble. So, I mean, he's he's going a couple years back. I mean, he made – I think he led our team in sacks and he had a lot oh, of yeah. batted two, balls. So I mean I know it's a, a row, different different system, different defense, but I mean he can he's a baller. He can make plays. You, you know? know what else he leads our, our team in? And, what? Uh, that's cap number. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Mike. Seventeen one eighty five is his cap number. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's and, uh, man. Well, so Mike, pretty, that's for the end steep. of the season. That's it. We can't we can't talk about that. We shouldn't talk about that right now. At the end of the year, I think that becomes a factor right now. It makes <laughs> no difference. I'd love for them to add more onto that just to get us through this season. I mean, you know, you work so hard. And I mean, you know, this team knows that they're really close and that's why you know, they sure. went out and got a Pierre Paul. And, you know, I expect them to do everything possible down the stretch to get us to where we need to be. I mean, you know, listen, Pierre Paul, if he has one big sack down the stretch that helps us win a football game, then it was a great pickup, right? Just yep. one yep. big play yep. in, in, in one game, you know, it has an effect on you. A guy that comes in and is going to rotate in that has all that experience, as Chris mentioned, two Super Bowl rings. You, it, I mean, that I love the signing. I absolutely love it. You know, we've seen this in years past with a lot of other teams where guys come in and they do make a difference. So, you know, it sucks yeah. that we lost Phillips, but they're doing everything they can to, to put us in the right position, which is what you want to see out of an organization, out of our yeah. Miami Dolphins. As a yeah. team, we've got $4 million in cap space. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, I think that'll change a lot in the offseason. And the last thing I'm going to say about the Phillips situation is he came out and said that he had a successful surgery and he's going to he's tackling the rehab one day at a time. So, oh, okay. he said so he's, he's already he had also it. said he's built for this. So oh, and that absolutely. was that was a cool part of the hard knocks last night. He was talking about how, you know, when he was playing for UCLA, he had that concussion problem. He got hit by right. a car on a scooter or something, and he briefly yep. retired for a little bit. And he said when that happened, there was two ways to look at it. Like, I'm just going to feel bad for myself and let it affect me, or I can, you know, work as hard as I can and write my own story. Yeah, he so, seriously considered quitting football at yep, that time. he did. I mm-hmm. mean, he quit for a little bit, and then he came back and resurrected his career with the yep. Hurricanes, and, you know, you guys know the rest. But yep. And who, I mean, who was it, Chris, that said that, you know, um, was it Chubb that said, you know, it just depends how quickly he gets back on how he approaches this thing. Yeah, it was Chubb. Yeah, it was Chubb because he's had a couple season-ending injuries when he was with Denver. Right. And he said how you attack every single day, every single day is, 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 how, is how you're going to respond to this and how quickly you're going to respond, you know, how quickly you're going to come back. I mean, well, when you look at Aaron Rodgers. That's the mental challenge. Cha- challenge, know? yes, yeah. exactly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the fact that, you know, he may be back in, you know, two, three weeks from now from an Achilles injury. At 40 years old is, yeah, that's pretty remarkable. At 40. I mean, you know, you look at Phillips. I mean, he's half his age, basically. I mean, literally. Um, So, obviously, he can get back. If you see one guy do it and you see the capability there, then that's a positive. You know, Phillips has got to look at that and say, damn, you know what? I've got an opportunity here to get back right at the beginning of next season. I mean, that's months away right now. Yeah. And, and you know, Aaron did it in two months. So Phillips is going to have twice as long to, and we you know, saw, to get prepared. And we saw Cam Wake at the age of 33 tear his um, Achilles, and he came right. back the next year, and I'm pretty sure he had between like eight and ten sacks. So. Yeah, he was still productive. No, I, got, I got all the faith in the world in Phillips. Yes. because of the type of person he is and the work ethic he has. So, he'll yep. be he'll be back. Absolutely. 
Well, I love the guy. I mean, I really appreciate the uh, effort he puts forth while he's on the field. And, uh, yes. you know, he's, he's a good representative for the football team. And uh, I hope he has no uh, issues in his recovery. Awesome. When did he have the surgery, Chris? Today, good. this morning. It was this morning. Okay. Yeah. And it already came out. It was successful and everything. That's yep. great to hear. All right. Awesome. They're Very never going to tell you otherwise, though. <laughs> yeah, right. The doctors always say it was a success because they're doctors. So anyway, uh, yeah. but that's not to say it wasn't. Mm-hmm. So don't don't misunderstand. So anyway, um, we've got the Washington uh, <laughs> commanders, right? Gorillas. Yeah. Gorillas, that's it. Let's call them gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> we finally found a place for that to fit. <laughs> All right, so we've we've got Washington and Chris. You were going to talk about their offense uh, going against our defense, uh, so why don't you go ahead and take up there? Yeah, so their offense, or at least I'd say their passing game is well, actually both. I mean, it's weird because Sam Howell, I believe, is top five in the league in passing statistically. And, yeah, yeah, statistically, he's averaging two hundred and seventy-eight yards a game. But when you look at their receivers, none of their receivers are averaging more than. 60 yards a game so it seems like he's spreading the ball out a lot the thing about sam howell too is he's throwing a lot he's throwing 13 interceptions so they're turning the ball over i mean they have seven fumbles four lost so i mean they're turning the ball over at a pretty high rate and their offense just hasn't really i mean they played the giants last week and howell threw three picks i mean they just they they can't seem to get it together. And the thing is, they have some talented guys at the skill position. They got Brian Robinson and Antonio Gibson at the running back. They got uh, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dodson, you know, they and Logan Thomas at the tight end. I mean, they have decent players on the offensive side. Even the line's not too bad at the tackle. I know their center and their guards are pretty much, I would say, their weakness on this offense, but it's it's specifically their left guard their right guard is pretty good yeah i mean we gotta we have to put pressure on howell because it seems like that's when he tends to make those mistakes is when he he gets pressured and brian robinson's actually having a pretty good season on the ground but i mean like i was saying about the receivers i mean he's only averaging 50 yards a game but he's had a couple big games this season so i mean if we can control the run to start off the game and make them one-dimensional i mean I'm not too worried about having to have either Ramsey or Howard shadow McLaurin or anything like that. I mean, I think we just keep playing defense the way we've been playing it. Kohu's playing phenomenal in that slot. So, I mean, I'm pretty confident. I mean, I think this is another game where our defensive line, especially the guys in the middle, Siler and Wilkins, are just going to dominate these guys. Do you know that uh, Van Ginkle has an elite grade? He has a what? An elite grade. Oh, I believe it. I mean, yeah. I haven't seen him too much on the edge, but are you talking about just overall or? Yeah, overall. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe it. I mean, the, we've seen the guy everywhere. I mean, he makes plays, especially when Phillips was out. He was making, seemed like he was making a lot more plays coming off the edge. But yeah, this offense just doesn't, they, they haven't produced very much other than Sam Howell's passing yards. You know, I mean, actually, he's thrown 18 touchdowns. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive. So, feast or famine. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I mean, you just don't know. This team's pretty much, 
hit or miss too. I mean, you don't you don't know which offense is going to come out. You know. Yep. They're capable. Yeah, exactly. You know, they're they're capable. Um, you know, on top of the thirteen interceptions, I mean, listen to this number: fifty-five times he's been sacked. Sam Howell, 55 times, guys, through Jesus. through 12 games. I mean, you know, that's somewhere between four and five sacks every single game. I mean, you know, our defensive line, as you mentioned, Chris, I mean, they should be licking their chops this week. You know, their interior line, left guard in the center, are, you know, not very good football players. They're not grading out well. So Wilkins and Siler have got to, you know, command the inside and, you know, push push Howell to the outside and Chubb and hopefully whoever else is rushing the quarterback are able to bring him down. But 55 times over 12 games is, <laughs> is a crazy amount. Yeah. But they are capable. And, you know, the interesting thing about their offense is, is that they are very diverse in comparison to our offense where you've got two guys just way ahead of everybody else in regard to receiving you know, receptions and whatnot, they have like five, six guys that have over 30 receptions this year. So they do spread the ball around a lot. They actually, they're three, they're three receivers and their tight end all have plus 40 receptions for the season. So they spread the ball around a lot. They're not a team to where you got to focus on one particular individual because Howell does spread it all over the place. And then you throw in the fact that Brian Robinson, who you mentioned, Chris, is running the ball pretty well. He has 30 receptions. And Antonio Gibson, who backs him up, has 33 receptions. So Yeah, Robinson they, was their leading receiver last week. Seven yeah. catches for 59 yards. Right. <laughs> I mean, they throw the ball all over the place. So, you know, this is an interesting game. Because this offense is very capable, they tend to move the football very well. The problem is, is they turn the ball over quite a bit, and Howell takes a lot of sacks, and um, it it that will definitely affect drives. So they stall quite a bit. So you know, I think you're going to see much of the same, you know, in regard to our defense against their offense. I don't see anything changing. Let's just hope that they're not you know, playing a close to perfect game this week because that's what they need to do. And they haven't shown that capability capability up to this point. All right, let's go ahead and take a break and uh, we'll be back in just a couple minutes. All right, we're back. We're back. We are back. So, Lewis, you want to talk about the reverse, our uh, offense versus the Washington defense? Yeah. Uh, sure. So their defense, you know, with the trade of Sweat and Young, uh, definitely affects their defensive line and the amount of pressure that they put on a quarterback. Um, they still have a couple of capable guys still on the roster. Um, Jonathan Allen has five and a half sacks and, uh, uh Payne? Jamin Davis has three. Payne, yeah, they, Payne has a couple. I mean, they have guys that are capable. Toehill, the defensive end, has five, uh, five sacks. So they can get to the quarterback, even minus those two fellas that they traded. So, you know, they can't put pressure on the quarterback. Um, our offensive line right now, guys, we have no idea what we're going to see. I mean, we're hoping <laughs> that that hunt comes back this week, right? Armstead, we don't know. He's questionable up to this point. He's not doubtful. He's questionable. So what does that tell you? You know, you got a 50-50 shot there. 
you know, the thing is this, and this is the way I look at this football game and, and next week's football game. I think that what, how the Dolphins, and this is just a theory, um, I'm not certain that this is a fact, but the way I see the Dolphins and the, you know, the coaching staff approach these football games up to this point in the season is to where even a Robert Hunt might be activated this week, and he may be in uniform, but he doesn't play. Um, just, just for emergency purposes, I, I think that what may happen this week with both Armstead and him, Hunt, is that you see them go out. They don't necessarily start the game unless we have some more injuries to the offensive line, and they just sit in uniform because I've seen this happen a few times with Connor Williams, who was a healthy guy who just sat on the bench the whole week and the whole game, and they did it with somebody else as well earlier in the season across the offensive line. So uh, maybe that's the approach they take because I think this is a situation to where they can get by without those guys this week and you rest them and get them completely healthy for somewhere down the line. So now moving on from that, you know, this pass defense that the Redskins have is not very good. I mean, they're way, way down. I mean, I believe they're 30th against the pass and 29th overall defensively. So this is not a very good defense. I mean, can they sack the quarterback? Yes. So the offensive line is key. Tua gets rid of the ball extremely quickly. Um, the matchups, our, our receivers against their secondary is, is, is a big mismatch. And I think that's how you approach this game. Their run defense is average as well. They're 17th in the league against the run. But 30th against the pass, against the pass, happy Dolphin offense this week. You know, I think that's how we attack these guys. Uh, you know, and what you want to do is, is you want to just get them down early, especially when you're on the road, right? You, you want to get them down early. And you want to just bury them and call it a day. You know, just, you know, just take all the air out of of there, you know, deflate them completely early on. And the best way to do that is by obviously going down the field and scoring points quickly and often and getting them out of their game to where they're playing catch up. And, um, you know, that's the thing to do. You know, I think that, you know, at times early in the game, we've been conservative I think that, you know, you come out in three receiver sets, get motion going. You don't do anything out of what you've been doing, so to speak, in regard to passing the football. You don't have to get overly creative, you know, with trickery and stuff like that. You just go out there, you line our receivers up against their secondary, and you beat them that way. And then you th- throw the Chris, occasional did you hear runners. what he said? Yeah. I hear him. I What's think that's it? the first time this year I've heard him say that. What's that? <laughs> We don't have to get too creative. <laughs> yeah, I not mean, yet, looking, Mike. Not yet. Not yet. The creativity their, uh, has to come later. Go ahead. Yeah, looking at their stats, I mean, they've given up 3,100 yards through the air. Uh, they've given up 28 touchdowns through the air, which is pretty pretty crazy at this point in the game or this point in yeah, the season. Yeah, 12 games into the season. That's, um, you know. Their rushing defense, they've given up almost 1,400 yards rushing on the season, seven touchdowns. So, I mean, like you said, I mean, usually, I mean, I would obviously love to see us get the running game going again and keep that momentum going into the, 
this final stretch of the season. But I think we beat, we're going to see Tua drop back and throw the ball 40 times. I mean, hopefully, you know, like you said, Hunt's back at least. I mean, I think if Armstead's out and Lamb fills in for him, you know, there's not too much, too, too much of a drop off there. But I think, yeah, I think we see them attack them through the air a lot this game. I mean, it's a smart thing to do. It's your right guard, and that's where they've been playing Eichenberg. Yeah, I mean, Eichenberg... Yeah, Eichenberg's been playing good ball. Maybe if um, Hunt comes back, we move Eichenberg back to the left guard and just go about it that way. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Seattle last week, both Lockett and Metcalf uh, damn near had 100 yards receiving, the two of them. And, you know, those guys, you know, are are very, very comparable to our guys. You know, Hill and and Waddle probably – would rank a little bit above those two. So, you know, you're looking at a situation where, you know, a week's not going to make that big a difference in their secondary. I mean, we're going to go out as long as Tua plays well. I mean, that's a key here. You know, he's got to be on his game. You know, we don't, we can't have him going out and making mistakes because this offense is capable, guys. I mean, that's the difference between this Washington offense and some of the offenses that we've been getting by against, like the Jets and, say, the Panthers, the Giants, you know, those type of football teams, this Redskin offense is a little bit different than those guys. So if you give them short fields, they're very capable because, you know, as Chris mentioned, they've got three really good receivers, two really good running backs. Their tight end is good. And Howell, for a rookie's played exceptional. So you don't want to get into to a position where you're turning the ball over and you're giving them opportunities because this offense is better than a lot of the offenses we've gone against in these type of football games. Interesting. Interesting you should say that. What's the most points they've scored this year? Who? The Redskins. The Redskins? Let's look or the up. Commanders, whatever you want the to call commanders. them. Commanders, yeah. For the love of God, I fell into that. Well... They scored 35 against Denver, but we scored 70, right? <laughs> yeah. They, they scored um, – I mean, listen, they scored 31 on Philly's defense, yeah. Mike. All 31. Right, so they lost they in score. overtime. They lost in overtime 34 to 31. Um, then they played Philly again a couple of weeks later on October 29th and scored 31 against them again. Wow. Yeah, exactly. Against Seattle, they scored 26 points, and they lost. I mean, they're playing some – just listen to these scores, guys, in their losses, okay? They lost – they got annihilated by Buffalo, 37-3, right? But they, 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 they scored 31 in a loss to Philly, as I mentioned, 20 in a loss to Chicago. Um, 31 in another loss to Philly. And 26 in a loss to Seattle. So, yeah, this team can score points at times. There's other games where they just get annihilated. Dallas beat them 45 to 10. You know, as I mentioned, Buffalo beat them 37 to 3. So there are times where they've been just annihilated. The Giants beat them 14 to 7. Twice, you know, on and October, they beat them thirty-one to nineteen. Thirty-one they to lost nineteen. To the Giants too. Yes, so. couple. Of that's weeks why I was ago. saying, like, they're super hit or miss. I mean, you don't. Are you going to get the team that scored three points against Buffalo? Or are you going to get the team that scored thirty-one twice against the Eagles? You know, yes. I mean, their offense is a juggernaut to say the least. 
They are. They're very capable. And that thus my going back to my point in regard to turning the ball over, you don't want you want to bury them early and you want to have them trying to play catch up to where we can, you know, fire off on them, get some sacks, uh, create some turnovers and just bury them. You know, don't allow them to hang around because they, they can beat you offensively. Yep. Where they're struggling, obviously, is defensively. Yeah. Based yes. on the scores. That oh, you're yeah. Yes. I mean, 28 touchdowns through the air is pretty, pretty that's wild. Quite a bit through 12 games. Yeah, that's somewhere between two and three a game. You know, they're giving up passing touchdowns. And, you know, the fact that the quarterback's getting sacked so much is, is another, you know, key issue to where, yeah, they move the football and then all of a sudden a big sack just, you know, forces them to to punt the football or to kick field goals, you know, they, it, it's, it's definitely a factor. I mean, that's a big, big number, 55. Yep. Our offense yeah. needs to keep up with their offense. That's, that's how it shapes up to me. Yep. Yeah, it's also interesting, too, that their safety leads the, leads the team in tackles, which to yep. me, that's not a good thing. Never a good sign. <laughs> Never a good thing. Yeah, Rashad Jones can tell you about that. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to break for a few moments, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, guys, uh, anything else you want to add? Well, we got predictions, Mike, and I think it's uh, your turn. You always say it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think every week I say that, and every week you defer. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> I, I haven't given it a lot of thought, to be honest with you. But, All right, uh, so it, I'll, no. I'll go first to you. All right. I'll right, go, go first ahead. here. 38-10. Or 30, you know what? Uh, no, they, they got a little bit more offense. I say 38-17. How's that? Go ahead, Chris. What do you got? That'll I was going to say, say 31-17. I mean, I see us definitely putting up 30 points. Like you said, their offense is good, but I don't, I don't know if they're going to score more than 17 points with how great our defense is playing, even with Phillips going down. I mean – Ramsey, Howard, Kohu, our two safeties. I mean, everybody's just – this defense is really coming into its own, and I've read a statistic, I think, within the last three or four games or some something like that, we're the number one defense. So I yeah, would believe that. They've been playing yeah, pretty well the past absolutely. month. I mean, For even sure. – I think it started in that Chiefs game. I mean, we held the yep. Chiefs offense. I mean, I know their offense isn't what it quite was, but to hold them to 14 points, I mean, and shut them out completely in the second half, this defense is is coming to play. And I know not a lot of the talk shows and the sports analysts are talking about our defense when they talk about the Dolphins. But I think within the next few weeks, if they keep playing at the level they're playing, we're going to start getting that recognition as one of the top defenses in the league, which is, in my opinion, Correct. Well, they are right now, Chris. They're they're ranked seventh overall, and that's okay. that's seventh literally because we were twelfth when we were talking about it last week. So every I mean, we week, jumped up every to seven. week. I mean, that's yeah. Know. I've looked at this every week for the last month, and every week I say, guys, we moved up. Last week I said it during the podcast. We moved up to twelfth. Yeah, we now were down we're, the lower twenties at one point. Yeah. Oh yeah, we were like twenty twenty first in the league. Then we moved up to like fifteenth or sixteenth to 12th and now we're at we're at number seven and i think i said this last week i think before the end of the year we'll be a top five defense no doubt about it i mean we do play some good offenses that are going to have an effect uh -huh. but probably after these next couple of weeks you know i think we'll have a top five defense going into the stretch run so yep. yeah to chris's point 
absolutely right. Number All seven right. right now. What do you got, Mike? I yep. wish I knew what their what their game plan was going to be. If they're going to throw the ball, and they can do so successfully, and I, you know, looking at the, their uh, Washington's defense, you'd think they'd be able to. Um, so I, I think in the 30s is probably a fair number. Uh, so I would say Miami 34, and uh, we also talked about Washington's ability to be able to move the ball. So uh, I'm going to say 27, 34, 27. Nice. Very good. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean, you could wind up seeing a shootout out there. I, yeah, I just don't know if our defense would give up 27 points. Our secondary, Mike, is just – Well, you know, it could good. be an offensive uh, <laughs> mistake that causes true. a score. True. You know, you true. know. True, very true. They could run a punt back, you know. Yep. Right. A lot of ways to score points. Yep. Got it. All right. That a wrap? That's a wrap. Anything else uh, about Hard Knocks you want to talk about, Chris? Um, nah, I'm excited for next week. I mean, hopefully we don't have any more injuries, but I've really, I've really enjoyed it. I mean, what Hard Knocks has showed me so far is that we're really a, a tight-knit team. And yeah. it starts with the guys that are the superstar elite players like Tyreek Hill, Jalen yeah. Ramsey. Teron Armstead's been banged up, but the leadership he brings to that offensive line room, I mean, it's just awesome to see. I mean, especially when you look around the NFL at a lot of the stuff that's happening with these superstars and guys like Deontay Johnson, for instance, who's not necessarily a superstar. He's a good player, but... I mean, there was a play last week where there was a fumble right in front of him and he just turned his back and walked off the field. And, you know, there's a lot of these players, I'm not going to say are like that, but, you know, it's become such a business-oriented um, game now that you don't see quite what we saw back in the day as far as how like how guys play the game, put their bodies on the line. And I'm I'm just really grateful and thankful for the leaders we have on this team because I mean it's trickling down to everybody. You're seeing guys like Austin Jackson, Eichenberg starting to really come into their own too that were younger players. So I mean it's been it's been awesome. I at first I didn't really like it. I was like, man, this is gonna be a distraction. This is a key point in the season where you want these guys to be focused, but I mean it it's really been awesome to watch. It, it, you know, it, it, that's a good point, Chris, in regard to the mixture that this team has. And you look at every room, you know, because they went into every, you know, the quarterback room, the running back room, receiver room, so on and so forth. And when you see the mixture of, you know, Mostert, a veteran, and then Achan, right, and Chris Brooks, young guys, Mixed in with veteran players, same yeah. thing at, in, at the receiver, in the receiver situation with Tyreek and Waddle, and then across the offensive line between Armstead and Connor Williams and some of the younger guys like Austin Jackson and Robert Hunt, and then across the defense, it's the same exact thing in the secondary with Ramsey and Howard, and then you've got young guys like Kahoo and people like that. You know, I mean, it's it's just a great mixture. You have a really good mixture of veteran and young, young players here right now. And it's, you know, it's working. The formula. Yeah, that's, that's not a coincidence. No, it's not. I mean, it's great to have th that veteran leadership in pretty much every room, position room, when they're having these meetings. Um, and we saw that on Hard Knocks 
uh, last night as well. You know, it was kind of cool to see. So anyway, all right. All right. So that'll be it. Uh, thanks for joining me this afternoon, guys. And uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Uh, we'll be back after the game and uh, we'll talk about what we saw on the field. Until then, everybody, fins up. Fins up. Let's get to nine and three, Dolphins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fins up, Dolphins. All right, Fin fans, that's today's show. I want to thank the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network and the Sports Social Podcast Network. Check out these sites, guys. They've got articles and uh, podcasts, which I think you'll enjoy. All right. Until next week, be well and take care. Network.